we know if we read the Word, we believe that everything in the Bible is the true Word of God. That we can't just take out bits and pieces of what right. we want and, and what we think is what suits us. No, we have to own the whole book. And that comes with sowing and reaping, the parable of the talents, like the, the concept, the understanding of being able to serve God versus money, but having money serve us and using it as a tool. The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success by focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Now, we're traveling across the United States this summer to a city near you, and we want you to join us in creating the next wave of faith-based entrepreneurs ready to become the CEOs of their life. Visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today to speak to one of our team members about how you can level up in all areas of your life today. This episode is brought to you by Gospel Canvas. Gospel Canvas is reimagining Christian art for today's generation of Christians. Their exclusive collections are custom, unique, and a beautiful reminder of the power of salvation and hope. Now, these pieces will brighten up any space and add high character and motivation that you can see, touch, and experience on a daily basis. Visit gospelcanvas.com today and use the promo code KING15 to get 15% off your purchase at checkout. That's gospelcanvas.com using the promo code KING15. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and we got a treat for you guys today. I'm with none other than Mr. Christian Edwards. What's up? What's up? Dude, I love doing these with you. I do too. It's so fun. It's just like we get to sit back and chat. Yeah. Chat about life. But we're going to actually wrap a lot today about stewardship. Mm. I thought this would be a fitting time. You know, we've been talking a lot about the biblical economy and entrepreneurship and the idea of making wealth and the ability to create wealth and that God has certainly given us that ability but I think I don't. I certainly don't want this to to sound like what we've been talking about has been what people think of, like the prosperity gospel. We should all just make a ton of money and buy jets and Ferraris and things like that. Right. But what's the most important component to this is really what we do with what's given to right. us, right? I always think of what is it, Spider Man, where his grandpa is like, with much responsibility, much is expected. What is that quote? I'm not a big Marvel guy, actually. Apparently, I'm not either, so I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, sounds with, good, though. I think that's good. Much responsibility, much is expected or required. Or Yeah, I'm sure whatever. somebody will contact us if you're yeah. off. Go ahead and text uh, 727-472-3860 if you know that actual quote. So we're going to talk about stewardship. And the real reason is, you guys have heard me say a lot about money really only makes us more of who we 
already are. Mm -hmm. And I think it is, it's a tool that exposes a lot of things. And as you guys have heard my story, it exposed a lot of just insecurities where my treasure was. And a lot of us can look at our bank accounts and really identify where our treasure is. What are we investing into? I mean, stewardship is more than just about money, but I, I want to start with that topic simply because that's what a lot of people kind of immediately go to, like stewardship. Okay, which, what do I have? What my possessions, mm -hmm. my money. When I really think about stewardship, and I'll throw it over to you, man. Stewardship is really a form of leadership. In the beginning, God created everything. Right. And then he created the garden and then he created man, Adam, in his image to work the garden, yeah. to take care of it. I mean, that was really probably the first form of stewardship. I take that as a clear, okay, we were created for work. We were created to tend and to take care of God's creation. So it's more than just about money. It is, you know, in any possession that we have, anything you know, any relationship that we have, like, are we stewarding it well? Mm -hmm. Do I got it right, spiritual advisor? Yeah, yeah. And I think the first thing we have to really keep in mind when it comes to stewardship and biblical stewardship is that God owns it all. Mm. And we look at Psalm 24, 1, where it says, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who live in it, meaning the earth. And you just said, God created the heavens and the earth. And here, this scripture specifically references the earth. So everything above us, everything around us, but right. everything within the earth, including us people, God owns. So if God, God owns it all, that means we own nothing. And if we could get that in our mind and kind of take our self-sufficiency out of it, our, our pride out of it, our ego out of it, and say, God owns it all, but he allows me to steward his possessions. He may allow me to steward a lot. He may allow me to steward a little, but everything that I steward, everything that I have is his. And if I deem myself as worthy and trustful to be faithful over few, he will make me ruler over many. And, and that's scripture. So just that idea off the bat that everything is the Lord's. If we could go into this conversation and go into every day with that mentality, we're ahead of the game. Yeah, man. I like that. I love that. Because if you really think about it, I believe it really is just an act of obedience, mm -hmm. obedience to God and that he's created all of this. He's put us in a position to tend and to take care of it. I mean, it really should be viewed as us honoring God with the gifts the talents, the resources that he's given us. And, you know, as you mentioned, one of the things I think of actually just our yesterday when we were out to dinner, when my daughter saw a dime, 10 yeah. cents on the ground, we were sitting at a high top table and she's like, oh dad, there's money. And so I was like, oh, grab it. And so she got off her stool and bent down and picked up a dime. Mm. It's 10 cents. Right. Right. Like we would think, I think when I was that little, this is how far I have come is that when I would have seen that when I was little, I'd have been like, it's only 10 cents. Like, I don't care. Right. Not going to deal with that. But God is going to honor. God is going to give us more, give us the ability to, it's God that gives us the ability to create wealth. But why would he want to continue to bless us if we're poor stewards of it? Right. And so I just saw like her heart in that she picked it up grabbed it, put it in her pocket is, you know, probably in her little piggy bank upstairs 
and will, you know, want to, to tithe and, and give a portion of that. And like, if she's going to do that right now with just a dime, and if we can teach mm. our youth that, you know, I mean, if we can own this and understand this concept of honoring God with stewarding it well by tithing to our local church, by right. going above and beyond, right. like how much more is he going to want to bless us mm. if we are good stewards of those resources? Yeah. And I have to back you up one second. So you just said Ellie will want to tithe on that 10 cents. Mm -hmm. So Ellie's nine. Yeah. And Ellie understands the concept of tithing. Yeah. 100%, man. That's remarkable. Yeah. How did you instill that in her? It's really just, I mean, we do our nightly devotionals. So it comes up in, in just conversation and she sees when we do give and, and she asks questions. And so I think it's the mostly just like leading by example. This is what we have to do for our kiddos. You've heard us, you know, you guys have all heard us talk a lot about we have to live our legacy in order to leave our legacy. And what I can't stand, I remember growing up and I would hear, you know, I remember just my folks or friends of my folks always just laughing, being like, do as I say, not as I do. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. I remember thinking then like, whatever, that's a bunch of crap. Yeah. Right. And because like, no, I'm going to do, your kids are going to do what you do. Mm-hmm. And when you, even when you think that they're not watching you on those little things, they're watching you. Those yeah. things are, those kids are little sponges. <laughs> it's so much where it's, oh man, you overhear them say something. It's like, where'd they hear that? Mm -hmm. like, hmm. It makes you think. And if we can instill these, call them habits, but more of just acts of obedience of this is why, and there's an understanding, like it's not a religious thing, but there's an understanding that we know if we read the word. We believe that everything in the Bible is the true word of God. That we can't just take out bits and pieces of what right. we want and, and what we think is what suits us. No, we have to own the whole book. And that comes with sowing and reaping, mm -hmm. with the parable of the talents, like the, the concept, the understanding of being able to, and a lot of you guys have heard us you know, talk about serving God versus money, but having money serve us and using it as a tool, as a resource, and that you know, God doesn't view money as currency, mm. right? It's like the only currency out there is souls mm. to God. I mean, I don't want to get off topic of this, but that's what he views. It's like, he wants our heart. And if we're acting in obedience as good stewards, how much more is he going to want to bless us with other resources and other relationships and, yeah. and you know, just to live just an extravagant life, not like what people would think is a rich yeah, life. Glitz and glam, that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. Right. But just like doing life like this, dude. Yeah. Like this is the most the epic day these last couple of days. Mm -hmm. You guys all here, just my bros, just doing life together. Yeah. It's, it's been amazing. 100%. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've come to realize hanging around you is that that idea of financial freedom mm -hmm. where if you wanted to go buy a new sports car right now, you could. But for you being financially free, I got a house full of my bros and, you know, we're going to go out to dinner. Nobody's got to look at the price on the menu. We're going to enjoy time with one another and not worry about what the, the check is at the end. Right. You know, you'll say, I got it and not worry about how much it is. You could be buying the sports cars. You could be doing other things with your money, that, that glitz and glam lifestyle. But... You want to make sure that you got some people over to spend quality time to do life with one another. And no, oh, these guys are going to come to my house and they're not going to pay a dime for anything. Right. And that idea of financial freedom to me, that's what I always, I don't know who I heard this from, but when I heard this, it 
it struck me because I was like, man, that's got to be great because I grew up my whole life from when I was a kid. My parents, I mean, they let it be known. All right, you can't go above this price on the menu, mm -hmm. right? I was usually just getting like a cheeseburger, maybe some dino chicken nuggets or something <laughs> like that. It, dude. I, I didn't do it. For those that don't know, his favorite food is chicken nuggets shaped in dinosaurs. <laughs> and if you can get that's, a side that's of That's a bold-faced lie, but <laughs> it's actually queso. <laughs> it is queso. But I heard somebody say, you know, I just want to be rich enough or wealthy enough mm. that I could go mm, to- That just gets my blood going right there. To, to, <laughs> to go to any restaurant I want to and not have to look at the price. Sure. And I was like- yeah, I would love that. I would enjoy that. And because it gets stressful. Listen, I got five kids now. You know, we just had Ezzy a year ago. But when I got married to Lucy, she had four kids. So now I became not just a husband, but a father to four kids. And I was making the same money as when I was single, doing my own thing. And yeah, Lucy was working too. But it's like, all right, I, I got to look at those prices on the menu. And now God has blessed me through alignment and just really walking out his calling on my life to be hanging out with guys like you. And it's kind of funny. I forget where we were. You asked me if I had my wallet on me. And I was like, nah, bro, I'm with you. I never bring my wallet when I'm with you. <laughs> but, but because of the way you pour into me, you're so kind and generous and gracious to me and my family, I'm able to then take that and go back home and be kind and gracious mm -hmm. and benefit the people around me in that regard. So I, I think we went a little, took a little side street there, but I say that to say, I appreciate you and you are a true example and standard bearer of what it looks like to have, all right, a lot of zeros in my bank account, but nobody would know it by talking to you. Nobody would know it by your personality, by your demeanor. The only way people would know it is when, and I've been witness to this, is when you cut a check to somebody, a church, an organization, out of the kindness of your heart, not because you gain from it in any sort of way, but because God put that on your heart to do it and you're obedient. And I believe that you're reaping because of that. Yeah, let's dive into that a little bit because biblical principles that I believe isn't something that I knew out the gates. Like I'm learning this, the word of God, this is why I got you in my life, dude. Right. Um, but I'm learning and I'm looking back at specific times in my life when I had these aha moments and understandings of, you know, at the age of 23, I think last night when I was, we were chatting about this, I thought I was 24, but then I was like, no, nah, I was 23 when I first understood this concept of tithing and giving. Mm. And, and when I made it a non-negotiable, it was just auto-drafted out of my account. Right. Like that's really, truly, had I made okay money up until that point, sure, you know, six figures, but it wasn't until I actually truly gave, but out of the goodness of my heart, yes, it was on auto repeat, but it wasn't something that I was like, it was just, it was coming out. And I, I knew like, it was just like this law of being obedient, number one, but just sowing into the, the kingdom, into the local church. But you had said not expecting anything in return. And this is where I, I want to dive into this with you, man, because when we look at God and he created Adam and, and us and, and everything was supposedly great, right? Until the fall, then just the destruction and everything that, that had took, taken place with that with sin in the world. And God had to do something. 
if we look at what God did, is he gave his one and only son. He gave it, he gave Jesus, and he didn't give Jesus without expecting in return. He gave Jesus as a sacrifice, fully expecting to regain relationship with yeah. us. Yeah, for man to be reconciled back to him. So I, I think that we can give, it's, it's a heart issue to give with an expectation. I mean, it's not like, okay, I'm gonna give a dollar and I'm gonna get $10 back. Like this isn't like an ATM machine mm -hmm. of any sort, but I can give fully knowing that I'm sowing good seeds into the local church, into the local community, into to you, into the King's Council, fully expecting to be re rewarded, maybe not necessarily in on this earth, but fully rewarded because I'm storing up treasures in heaven. That's the expectation that, that we need to have when we give. But if we're giving begrudgingly or out of just guilt, if it's out of religion, that's not what God wants. Not at all. As a steward, no. Like think about your own kids when Ellie, you know, or when Duke or Puka growing up, whatever, like when they would do something out of, they would clean their room because you had to tell them. You weren't joyful having to do that. But when they would clean their room or dude, I wake up sometimes and Ellie's like cooking me breakfast. Ah, mm. oh, she's honoring me. She's stewarding the ability to make breakfast, right? As she's learning this, she's stewarding the ability to make her room without me having to tell her or to ask her. Yeah. It's out of the goodness of her heart that, that she wants to do that. That's remarkable. And I, when Lucy and I got married, I was living in a studio condo, 400 square feet, and Lucy had an apartment. And when we got married, she immediately moved into my 400 square foot apartment with the four kids. Yeah. You guys had like, what, 60 square feet a piece? <laughs> yeah. yeah, a queen size Murphy bed in there. It, it was a little tight. There was a couple nights we wound up doing that for about three or four weeks before we found a place. Yeah, there was a few nights where we both went into the bathroom, sat on the edge of the, uh, of the bathtub and started crying like, God, what's going on here? Right. But God blessed us with an apartment, which was three bedrooms, one bathroom. And we're like, okay, well, that's bigger than that studio condo and God allowed it where I actually owned the condo. We didn't have to sell it to get that apartment. So we're like, all right, cool. We'll hold on to, we'll rent out the condo. We'll get a bigger apartment. That'll be good. And you know, maybe a year or so we'll buy a bigger house. And I remember looking at that small house and there'd be days where, you know, the boys didn't take out the trash or the girls didn't do their chores. Or maybe it was even me not, not making the bed, something that I had said I was going to do. And I remember the Lord convicting me, saying, you need a bigger house, but you want a bigger house. If you're not faithful over this one, there's only going to be more garbage in a bigger house. There's going to be more dust. There's probably going to be a bigger bed because you're going to have room for a king size yeah. to, to make that bed. And he convicted me and it really spoke to me, but I started really instilling that in the kids where, all right. What's your heart's desire? Even if it's not for superficial means, for a family of six, we want space. We, could we survive there? Of course. But we want space. Six people, one bathroom. That's not fun. Right. You know? So I instilled it into the kids to take care of this and be good stewards and just see what God does with that. See what God does when we're good stewards over what we have. And... Lucy and I, certainly, we implemented that in our own lives, and we became more generous givers. You know, from the time I got saved, 
I tithed, but when I read in Second Corinthians 9, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity. All right, if it's in my heart to give, and I know it's not just for me. I know there's plenty of times God says to bless somebody or just give more church or just walk up to a stranger and God purposes in your heart to bless that person. Man, we were saving up for a house and we got our credit together because I was an addict for the previous 14 years. I wasn't a good steward of anything when I was an addict. Lucy was a single mom of four. So we cleaned up our credit. We started saving money towards a house and God all of a sudden started telling us to give more. And I was like, wait a second, God, we're, we're stewarding what we have well, we're tithing, you know, we're, we're giving even beyond that, but what do you mean more? And it was probably a two-year process where we started looking for a house, and every time we thought we had enough for a down payment of a house that would fit our needs, somebody would come into our life, and God would tell us to bless that person. And believe me, we're not, we weren't balling like that to yeah. just be blessing people. And every time God, it, this is just so amazing how God works and how the Holy Spirit like speaks to us and how in tune we could be with our wives, with our spouses and in tune with the Holy Spirit. We would just, we could look at, Lucy and I, this was a season we would look at somebody and then kind of look at each other and we would know God God was telling us both at the same time all right we got to do something for that person and it got to the point where Lucy and I would say all right like one two we would pray on our own see how much the Lord tells us to bless that person with and it almost became a game we'd be like one two three and say the number at the same time and every time it was the same number and it's not like it was the same number dollar amount every time it was, and it got up to, I think it was like $1,200 one time, almost a month's rent where we're staying here yeah, yeah. and we're saving for an apartment. What's going on? But God had us do that in a season. I believe he was testing us with that to see how we would steward what we have, to see how we felt in our hearts about giving and blessing others. Because listen, if we're living in this country and we have a roof over our heads, we have our smartphones, we have everything that we have. We may not feel rich, but we're richer than about 90% of the world right there. So he was testing us in that season. And all of a sudden, as the bank account is diminishing because we're blessing other people, supernaturally, we'd look like at the end of the month. And I was a stickler with finances. Like I'm a numbers guy. I'd be like, all right, this is, we had a budget. This is all we could spend. And at the end of every month, there would be like small excess and then the next month even more. I'm like, how is like the math isn't right. adding up? Right. Like on paper, it, sh it should say this. How do we have this in our bank account? And I can't tell you exactly how God replenished that money every time. There's times where th there were checks in the mail. All of a sudden, like from the insurance company, a dividends check that you're expecting to be like $82 or something. All of a sudden, it's like 800 Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just strange stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but God, I absolutely believe. And not, I'm, I think all Christians are sitting there saying, oh, yeah, just sit back, trust the Lord and check the mailbox every so often. That's not what I'm saying at all. But God had us in that season where he tested our hearts to see how we would steward what what he gave us. And I believe we we passed that test and we wound up being able to buy a house, four bedroom house, two bathroom, a finished basement with enough space to build two more uh, bedrooms down there. And 
Was it a huge mansion? No. Was it exactly what we're looking for at the time? 100%. And not only that, we absolutely on paper had to sell that condo to pay for that house. God worked it out. Again, I'm looking at all the finances. I'm looking at the numbers. No, we, we got to sell the house for the down payment. No, we didn't have to do it. God allowed us to hold on to that. So now we bought a house. Now we have two properties. Here, here I am. Lucy never owned a house in her life. And now we own two properties just like that. And my, I didn't, I wasn't making more money. I didn't change what I was doing, but I was obedient to the Lord. We were obedient to the Lord. And it was, God showed himself out in that situation, just like he says he will in scripture. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. And it's, I think we complicate this a whole lot. And I think most people go the route of making poor decisions and then pray those Hail Marys. Like, God, yeah. save me from this. Dude, you made those decisions. You can't just continue to make those bad decisions yeah. and then expect to be bailed out all the time. Yeah. You know, I've had multiple friends in my life and family members where it's like that continually happened. It's like, I, I wasn't doing them a, a service by helping them wait and continue to make bad decisions. Right. right? So right. there's, I mean, when it comes to stewardship, I think it's, there's a form of leadership, yeah. right? God's given us that, that, that role to be a leader. It's a form of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Right now that we've stepped into this role, are we going to steward it well? Will he, you know, give us a little? Okay, now let's steward. Are you stewarding it well? Right. And then uh, that's where I realized I wasn't. I had huge swings financially, you know, 15 years ago, just like huge swings. Mm. And I, I would, it would be crazy the amount of money that I would have. And then I'd look and I'd be like, where in the heck did it all go? Wow. Right. And because I was not a good steward, but slowly God was, was, you know, still blessing me in this time and i was able to surround myself with people to help me keep accountable so again i think stewardship is a form of, of leadership responsibility but also accountability yeah and in keeping account because if we are to in everything that we do what is it colossians everything we do we are to work at it as if we're working for the lord and if we have that mindset no matter what that can be to work to make money, it, it, to work to build a relationship, to work just to grow our talents. Everything we do, if we have that mindset, that that philosophy of life, knowing that we aren't here to please man, we are here to please God, mm -hmm. and that's that should be our one and only. That is the ultimate act of stewardship. And above and beyond too, let's take money back out of the equation. Like stewardship, I think, it is a form of like how how am I treating my spouse. How am I creating an atmosphere and environment that, that she is going to blossom and yeah. grow in? I remember one of the first times that when I was going through like my divorce with Sarah and I reached out to this Christian counselor, didn't know the guy at all, mm -hmm. but I knew I wanted this guy to be a believer, to have a foundation that wasn't going to judge me based upon anything other than what the word of God said. And he gave me this concept of, dude, you should be, whether you want to be, no matter what happens, with your relationship, you want to become a better person. Is that your goal in this? It was like 100%. I just need to grow in, in who I am. And one of the things that he had told me was like, dude, you should, if you're stewarding your gifts and talents well, and your goal is to, whether you're in a relationship right now or not, do the little things that will put you in the position that to, to steward 
that relationship well. And it was just this, such a little thing, but he was like, you should be putting that toilet seat down. If you're single, if any single people are on here right now, like start stewarding that well. Put the toilet seat down so when you do have a bride, that's already something that you're well prepared. You've already, you know, planted the garden, weeded the garden, and it's in because you've, you've sowed those seeds, those good seeds, and now they're starting to blossom and flourish. So stewardship is more than just money, but how are we stewarding our relationships? Our, you know, just certainly possessions, yes. I mean, how do you, your bedroom, your car, do you steward your car well? Yesterday was not a good experience for us <laughs> with that car that we were in. No. Oh. <laughs> That's for another story. We could do yeah. a whole topic on yeah, that. It wasn't think, your car, wasn't my car. It was somebody's car who didn't, didn't steward, steward it, it well, well, and we almost got stranded by the airport. No. I think I literally said, this is why I put myself in a position to not have to deal with this stuff, because we steward that well, but we were in somebody else's car that barely made it for us. <laughs> <laughs> Stewardship is leadership, responsibility, and accountability. Or three main things that I basically talk about. Like with stewardship that God's given us, we have a leadership position. Like you, you should lead. If you're a woman, a man, a boy, a girl, you should lead that situation because God has created you to work, to steward on this earth. And then it's because of that, we have that leadership role. It's a form of responsibility. Like he's testing us. Are we going to be responsible enough to steward what we have now in order to put us in a position to steward more? And then it's a form of accountability where if you're not stewarding it well, you got to get yourself with the right peeps, yeah. right? Like you and I, we like, I want you to know everything that I'm like spending my money on just because I got to keep, you got to keep me in check, man. Is, is it coming out of the goodness of my heart on certain things or Am I, am I spending it foolishly or lavishly? Because that can quickly go away. Amen. It absolutely comes down to a position of the heart. Yeah. Amen. This has been good. I'd love to just mention this verse as we close out. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4.10, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So God entrusts us to be stewards of his grace. Think about that, that amazing grace that allows us to be born again, to allows us to be one with the Lord, that allows us to be heaven bound. That grace, he allows us to steward. And we steward that by the way we serve one another. That, that's amazing. That's amazing. That, that grace. And I did the Bible study this morning, our Wednesday King Bible study. And I mentioned this verse. And when we're talking about um, God's grace, and we're talking about, and it's actually in the same chapter that I just read from, uh, that Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Think about that. He's able to make all grace abound towards us, that always having all sufficiency in all things. You think he's trying to get a point across there? He provides and he's faithful to us. And the question is, are we faithful to him in, in how we steward, how we take care of his resources, everything that he owns? And he gives us everything that we need to do it. Absolutely everything. It's just a matter of our heart 
Are we going to put God first, put his business first and be faithful stewards and serve others, be stewards of his grace by serving others, by loving on others, by sharing the gospel with others, by providing for those in need? Are we going to be that type of steward? And I know I could look at you as a man of God and I know you will. And I know I'm going to be that type of man of God. That's what God has called us to in this thing. And I know God is going to provide for us all that we need to have favor in displaying his grace and serving others in everything that we do. Yeah, man. It's fantastic. So if you guys have any questions on stewardship, or actually just want to get more information on stewardship, or just want to tap into some motivational, biblical motivational topics and concepts that we have, text me 727-472-3860. We're going to be starting to share different small teachings and concepts and things like that randomly throughout the week and would love to be able to get that information to you. So again, 727-472-3860. Love you, brother. Love you too, bro. It's been fun. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching. We'll see you next time.